0: Simplicity of that song, the simplicity of those words, has been set up from the front many times. Lord, that we're we're so thankful that you are faithful to us even when we are not faithful to ourselves. That great is Thy faithfulness. That Father, when I can't see and I can't hear. Uh, I'm struggling to get close to you, Father. You are in constant pursuit of me. You're faithful to our relationship. You're faithful. You're doing your job. Father, I pray that this morning we can do our job, that we can take a step towards you. We can understand that there's nothing on this earth that we can accomplish apart from you, Father. And so to even think that, to even step into that, Lord, is is a step away from you. And we just don't want that this morning, Lord. Father, we pray for your, your presence to be here. Pray that you are in this room, Lord, and like we always say, we don't want to move forward until you're here. We don't. But anything that is of the flesh, any anxiety, any fear, any doubt, anything that is not from you, Father, we get it out in Jesus' name. We push it right out the door. It may have walked in, but we say, hey, guess what? This place is not for you. This place is for children of God this morning. So, Father, we release ourselves to you today. We release our control to you today. And just say, have your way, because we thank you for being faithful. Let your spirit be here. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. You guys can be seated this morning. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Wasn't that great seeing a little... Little, little baby up here, <laughs> you know. Uh, his middle name is Charles, right? Yeah, see, I call him Sir Charles. That's just that's just what it's going to be. <laughs> uh, I'm not really the uncle, but I can kind of be uncle by proxy maybe, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see. But thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, getting up and talking to each other. And, and um, that's just really what ESS is about. We're about family, we're about getting to know one another. Um, church is never supposed to be just come sing a song listen to announcements sing some more songs listen to preaching and then go home like nowhere in the word does it say that's supposed to happen all right but what it does say in the word is it talks a lot from beginning to end about relationships amen so that's what we're about here we're about family but we're also about healing i've been saying that a lot been beating that into the ground For a good reason, because the Lord has taken us back to the heart of who he created, Easis, which is the fourth derivative of the the word healing in the Greek, taking us back to that. So I just want, before we jump into this message, for you you to understand that you being here this morning is not a coincidence. Uh, The Lord brought you here. But as you walk in, my goal, not my goal, I guess the Spirit's goal, Christ's goal, God's purpose for this church is that you walk out different. You walk out healed from something. You walk out on top of a situation that may have been on top of you. Does that make sense? So, open up your heart this morning. Let this scripture cut, honestly. Let it cut through the flesh. Let it get to your heart. But don't be here because of the personality up front. Don't be here because of, you know, Beck's many messages in between, you know, songs and stuff like that. It's good stuff. Don't be here because of worship. Be here because because God's here, because the Spirit's here, and because the Word is being preached. Amen? So we're about to jump into it as a family, all right? Welcome. Welcome. We're moving through this Chapter 8, and very seldom do I ever just stop on one verse. But today is that day, all right? Today is simply Romans 8.28. Now, Romans 8.28, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the most, I would assume, famous scriptures in the word, most quoted, um, aside from, you know, John 3.16, some of the the notable ones, you know. Romans 8.28, just because it rolls off the tongue pretty well, kind of comes up a lot when things aren't working out for you, right? Beating your head up against a wall. Someone brings up Romans 8.28 and says, hey, everything works out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It's a good scripture. As I've been able to dive into this scripture and pick it apart, um, it has been, my, my perspective on it has completely changed. Or I should say this, it's been added to, more so. Because what's being said in the scripture at face value, yes, Amen. That is, that is all true right there. But as you break it down, and today, I'm not, like, you guys know I'm not a teacher. I'm not. But today might be a little bit more of teaching in the sense that we're going to look at the Greek words for a lot of these major words in this scripture to help us understand the seriousness of this. So the next time somebody says, hey, Romans 8:28," you can be like, well, you know, I went to church and pastor really broke that scripture down for me so uh, let, me, let me slide it across the table to whoever just slid it across to you. Slide it back to him in a way that's um, I don't want to say real because it's real all the time, but um, the depth of it, we're just going to go deep with it today does that make sense okay now the title of this message if we get that back up on there is a supernatural selection part one now part one means that there's going to be a part two okay (laughs) and part two is going to be verses 29 and 30 so let me read those three scriptures and then explain a little bit more why it's going to be part one and part two Now, those last two verses, 29 and 30, because that word predestination is in there, I'm going to take a whole Sunday and just talk about that one. You guys hear me talk about it here and there. I give it maybe 30 seconds or so. I'm going to do the same thing today. I hope that next week when you guys, everyone in here, I should see your face in here again next week. When I see you again next week, you'll be able to get part two of this one. You're going to want to hear part one. You're going to want to hear part two. Predestination is a doctrine that is, in essence, stealing from the church. I'm going to be very bold in saying that. It's simply just something that's been taken out of context. All right? So for me to simply say it correctly, you are predestined to look just like Christ. Predestination and free will have to be able to coexist because those are two things that the Lord set up for us. So he didn't know that you were going to accept Christ, but he knows the outcome of every decision, but he does not know what decision you're going to make. Does that make sense? All right, so we'll dive more into that next Sunday. So if you have something to say to me about that and you can't wait the next seven days, just email a brother. My card's out there, all right? We can, like Beck said, go back and forth, but I'm not going to argue with you, okay? I'm just going to point you to the word. That's it. Amen? Amen? All right, so supernatural selection. Part one, the human condition. Now, do we know, do we understand that the God that we serve is a conditional God? But he's also an unconditional God. I got to say that too. And how do I know this? How do we know this? How do we see this? All throughout the word, there's a lot of if-then statements. If you do this, then I will do this. If you step in, then I will Step in as well. Now, see, what that, what I have to be careful in communicating to you in that is that we are not the controller of the situation. That all of a sudden, if I step in, then God is obligated to respond. No, no, no. He's not. All right? But what is that song we just got done singing? Great is thy faithfulness. He is always there waiting for you to take care of the human side of it. The next, message next week is going to be the God condition, because he's going to take care of his side of it. But there's this supernatural selection going on, and I want to make sure that I explain the thought process behind supernatural selection. That it is not just, well, let me just say this, the guy that we serve is what? Supernatural, right? Yeah. Scriptures tell us that we don't war in the flesh we were in the spirit. So that would mean that if we were made in his likeness, that if we had come from a God who's supernatural, guess who else is supernatural? We are. When Christ dwells in us, we are supernatural beings trying to figure out this natural world. And sometimes we don't do a good job about it. (laughs) a Good job with it. I don't do a good job with it on a daily basis, but guess what? He said, you don't have to do it by yourself. Amen? So not only is God supernatural, we're supernatural. So when you look at supernatural selection, this isn't just God selecting people. It's us selecting God. You check with me? Is anybody in here this morning? Yes, nice. Yeah, all right. Appreciate you, Tony. Screaming from the back row. Love it. But this is the human side as we as we dive into the scripture. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this 28 again, and then we're going to slow down just a little bit. Everybody with me this morning? Everybody doing all right? Good. Verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His. Purpose. I tried to slow down on some of those words that we're going to pull out of the Greek here. All right. But what got us to this point was from verses 18 through 25. All creation groans for you to be yourself. I always say a tree doesn't struggle to be a tree. It's a tree. It doesn't question that. Why do Christians struggle to be Christians? Number one, we're not Christians. We're disciples of Christ. We're followers of Christ big difference. Christian is only used twice in the Bible. Disciple is used over 250 times. I think the Lord's trying to say something, right? So we don't need to struggle to be a follower of Christ because he lays it out for us. Amen? Right? And then last week, we got to a place where we saw that the Spirit groans on our behalf, steps into the gap. When, guess what? I'm not faithful to the Lord (laughs) Great is thy faithfulness. I'm so thankful for that. But the Spirit groans with a language that we can't even understand. And I said this to you last week. Do all the Christian disciplines. Do them. But don't just be concerned about executing them. But can you execute them well? Are we praying well? When I pray for Sarah, do I sit down and just unload all of the Christian things that I've heard? Or do I take 10 seconds and just listen and say, God, what are you you asking me to talk to you about when it comes to Sarah? Does that make sense? Let's do it well. And then there's this and. In addition to all of that. And. I love it. It's a continuation. In addition. We know. Now this word know is O-I-D-A. And I don't really, I'm getting nervous trying to pronounce it in my head before I pronounce it to you, because I don't want to mess it up. But it's like, it's one syllable. And I think it's just da. The O and the I are silent, I think. But it's O-I-D-A. And this is not an intimate term, because you've heard even my dad preach in the past, and me say that knowing in the Bible can be translated as an intimate term. Well, this is not that. This is factual. This is a factual, the, uh, uh The translation of that word is, uh, it denotes knowing a fact. So in addition to everything that we've looked at the past couple weeks, we know that it's factual. It's a factual thing that God feels. Now when I looked at this word, it speaks of all three. And this is important to understand. It doesn't just say God and that's it. It's talking about the Father. It's talking about the Son. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. We need to keep that in mind when we go through this scripture, theos. And in addition, we know it's a fact that all three, not just one, all three causes. And what that word causes, the word causes and the word together are the same word in the Greek, and it's synergia. I know I didn't say that right, but that's what it looks like in English, all right? Think about that, synergia. The definition, the translation of that is the same thing. It's to work together. It's to assist. All right? So understand that it's factual that all three assist in all things, not the stuff that you're good at. Not the times where you're being a good Christian. (laughs) Not the times where you came with enough God credits that you felt good about sitting in the seats that day. It says all things. That means when you're flat on your face, you have nothing left, all you want to do is give up, throw your hands up in the air. There's no money in the account. There's no food in the pantry. Your kids are going crazy. Your mind's going crazy. Your wife's going crazy. Your husband's going crazy. Who knows? All things. All three of them are interested in assisting. And that's a fact. And that's in addition to the fact that creation groans (laughs) and the spirit groans for us in a language we don't even understand. Are you guys with me this morning? Come on now. And we know that God causes all things, here we go, to work together. That's the same word as causes. So there's some similarities there. Synergia causes uh, 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 assist for good. That's the conclusion. Hallelujah. Amen. Not, hey. God causes all things to work together, the thing that's second best, (laughs) plan B, you know? (laughs) (laughs) for the good, and the good is, God's good is better than our great. God's good is better than anything we can come up with. Yeah, I don't know, I'm just, I'm getting chills right now. I wanna do some backflips, but I might tear my other Achilles, you (laughs) know? We don't want that, we don't want that. For those of you who don't know, I tore my Achilles about eight months ago. And I'm trying not to do the other one. <laughs> Again, we know that God causes all things to work together for good, the conclusion, to those. Now, here's, here's the selection. Here's where we see the, na- the supernatural selection. The Lord is telling us that he's conditional. He's unconditional in his conditions, though. Who is the to those? Who is those? Well, it's, it's those who, and then he gives us the answer to who those are. Right? Those who love God. Now, there's a bunch of different translations of this word. Nah, I shouldn't say that. There's a handful, okay? (laughs) And they all mean something, all right? But you guys have heard of agape love, right? And that's just unconditional love, period. That's the goal. That's the highest one. The word for love... In this sentence, in this scripture, in the Greek, is agapeo. So agape is A-J-A-P-E, if I'm correct. And here I am trying to spell up on on, on stage. Excuse me? A-G. Okay, my bad. Anyway, this one's spelled different, okay? Agapeo, agapeo. And it has two connotations, all right? It has connotations to things, and then it has a connotation to to a person, all right? Have you ever heard anybody say, man, I love pizza? (laughs) Well, you don't agape pizza, all right? You're not unconditionally devoted to pizza. I might be, but... That's just, that's not it, right? I love my truck, but I'm not unconditionally devoted to the thing. My goodness, it's an inanimate object. It can't do anything for me but give me a little thrill when I hit that gas, you know what I'm saying? And pull the tree or the house off the foundation. It's good stuff. Yeah. I'm into it. (laughs) Wow. But the most important connotation is to a person. Now, Now, check this out. Not only is this an addition in factual that all three cause everything to work together for the conclusion that is good to a group of people, to those who are agapeo, to a person who do this. They welcome, they entertain, to be fond of and to love dearly. To entertain a person, to welcome a person, to be fond of and to love dearly. So if I'm looking at God in this scripture, and it's Theos, and Theos is all three, what he's saying is that it'll work out for the good who entertain all three. It'll work out for the good who welcome all three. It'll work out for the good of those who uh, love dearly and are fond of all three. Do you hear me when I say that? You cannot have scripture without the spirit, and you can't have spirit without the scripture. You'd be hitting people in the head with the Bible all day long if you got the scripture without the spirit. And you hear me say this? You'll have a piece of paper fall off the table and it'll hit the ground and you'll over spiritualize it because we got too much spirit, right? So if the spirit is that important, why do we quench it? I can pray to Jesus. Yes, I can. He's the son, and we need to. But do we understand that there's the spirit as well? And he's a person. He's a person. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three, I want to be a part of that group. Are we the, to those? Because it's not just one, it's all of them. You guys with me this morning? Amen. Now this last part of this verse takes us actually back to something in Exodus um, that I'm going to get to here. But it's it's almost like saying it it gives more clarity to the to those, to the group, to the the selection, the condition. The human condition before I read this, the human condition for us is that we entertain Christ. But not only entertaining Christ, that we welcome the Holy Spirit. Not only that, but we're fond of and love dearly God the Father. That's the human condition. That's our side of the uh, equation. Because great is thy faithfulness, and he took care of his side. Amen? But the last part of this verse, man, this just blew me away. And I'll tell you what, Scripture explains Scripture. If you just take a chance to look at it, to study it, it'll blow you away. And it says again, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, this word called in the Greek is kletos. And it has one specific definition. It means to be invited. Do you know that I got an invitation to Beck's wedding? (laughs) It's great. I could have declined. I mean, we would have had a falling out, but... Be dead. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, brethren. Oh, I would have died and gone to heaven, so it would have been good. Anyway, I could have I I could decline that invitation, right? See, what I love about Christ is that even as we go through our discipleship verses Luke 9, 23, John 15, 7, and 8, uh, Luke 14, 26, John 13, 34, and 35, and Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Every single one of those talk about what it means to follow Christ. You know what he says in every single one of them? You don't have to do this. He's not a God who forces you to do anything. He's a God who invites you to do everything. So when he says claytos, there's an invitation. Not only does all creation groan for you to be yourself, but the Spirit does the same thing in a language that we don't understand. And in addition to that, all three cause everything to work together for the good of those, that group, who entertain all three to those who are invited. But you're invited, okay, according to something. You know, I get invited to, I might get invited to some CSU alumni stuff, but that's because I played at the school. You know what I'm saying? They're not just going to invite some random person to CSU alumni who never played. That doesn't make sense. I was invited, invited according to a set of criteria. Does that make sense? I get invited to things in the city because I'm a pastor that are for pastoral things. So hopefully we understand that. To be invited, you're being invited according to His purpose. His purpose. Now how often do we sit down and we pray and we got our face so far in the carpet that we can smell the pad underneath and we're saying, God, what is your purpose for me? Anybody ever been there? Man, I was there this morning. Alright? What is His purpose for you? detailed individually to each one of you I can't sit down and say look Clay here's what he said because I'm not God I'm not but God is a God of principle okay let's understand that he is a God of principle and what is this word right here saying to us there's a lot going on in this one word the Greek word for this is prothesis and here's what it means It means to set before on display. And then there's another word that comes with this and it's the showbread. This word, prothesis, is connected to the showbread. Purpose is connected with showbread. Does anybody know what the showbread is? Some of you probably, yeah, Jerry back there knows what it is, awesome. In Exodus 25, if uh, i should have put this up on screen but i'll give you some time to, to scroll over there it's the second book of the bible it's exodus 25. and see when the israelites came up out of egypt the lord said some stuff to them look you need to rebuild the temple you need to rebuild the altar you need to rebuild jerusalem pretty much in that process we get to see one of the things that he said to the people to set up, to uh, uh, to rebuild, pretty much. And basically, what you read in this verse, in these verses, Exodus 25, um, verses 23 through 30, I'm going to do the best I can to get through it real quick, but verse 30 is where we're going here, okay? Uh, "'You shall make a table.'" <laughs> of a certain type of wood, two cubits long and one cubit wide, and one and a half cubits high. You shall overlay it with pure gold and make a gold border around it. You shall, make it for, uh, you shall make for it a rim of hand breadth around it, and it shall make, sorry, and you shall make a gold border for the rim around it. You shall make four gold rings for it to put rings, and put rings on the four corners which are on its four feet. The rings shall be close to the rim as holders for the poles to carry the table. You shall make the poles of this wood and overlay them with gold, so that with them the table may be carried. You shall make its dishes and its pans and its jars and its bowls with which to pour drink offerings, and you shall make them of pure gold. And then he says this. He talks about the showbread. Here's this table that he's communicating to the people to make then he says this, you shall set the bread, this is the showbread, of the, you shall set the bread of the presence, capital P, on the table before me at all times. Now maybe I should explain to you what the showbread was before I read all that, okay? But what the showbread is, is it's 12 loaves of bread that are baked every week that represent the 12 tribes, Okay? And what the priests do is they put this showbread on this table because the Lord said. And he's saying that this bread is supposed to be in front of me at all times. So we get from this word purpose, this Greek word prothesis, and this word showbread, and we go and study what this showbread means. It was a symbol of not only God being bread of life for us. Because what happened when the the Israelites came up out of Egypt? They were only supposed to be in the desert for 40 days. How long were they there? 40 years. Because somebody wasn't paying attention. Right? But what did he do? How faithful was God to these people every single day, with a cloud by day, and every single night, with a pillar of fire by night? Do we understand the significance of great is thy faithfulness? They weren't getting it, but he said, I'm going to take care of you anyway. As a result, what the Lord asked them to do was take these 12 loaves of bread and place them before him 24 7. And they would be in his presence 24 7 in conjunction with one statement that he is our bread, he is our life bread. He will provide for us no matter what. Does that make sense this morning? But the, the significance of this that goes back to Romans is that being in the presence. The showbread is supposed to be there 24-7. So what is your purpose, Clay? Your purpose is to be in his presence 24-7. Your purpose as you read this scripture, and we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God, who those who are called invited, you're invited, to be in his presence 24-7. Is anybody in the room today? Man, that's just, the, the, I will never look at that verse ever again. That if, if I want things to work out for the good, man, I got to, call on all three come on now but I got to entertain all three right that means worship that means give everything that I have to all three all the time but the natu- excuse me, excuse me the supernatural selection the human condition that God is asking you is to accept the invitation to be in his presence 24/7. So that, that's what I say to you today. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You're having a crappy day? Someone throws this out to you? You know what? It's God's way of reminding you that, hey, come back to my presence. Yes. That's the purpose that I have for you. Come back to hanging out with me. Come back to standing right next to me. Come back to knowing that even though you might be making decisions in the moment that aren't the greatest like the Israelites in the desert for 40 years, I'm still going to provide for you. I'm still going to make sure that your sandals don't wear out. I'm still going to make sure you got food in your stomach. I am taking care of you. Come back to my presence. Just come on back and it's easy. (laughs) It's not like you got to fill out an application. I love what Jared was saying. Birds don't fill out applications to... Build nests for a loan. They should go do it, right? The Lord's just saying, hey, come and do this. you guys with me this morning? Hey, man, I'm going to get our worship team back up here and uh, get prepared for our offering as we begin to close. But you're going to get part two next week where we see the God condition, supernatural selection, where he's not picking and choosing who gets to get in. He has put all of mankind on the status of redeemed because of what he did on the cross. But he's asking you to accept the invitation. And we'll see, we'll dive more into that, but that's my, that's my prayer for you this morning, is that you understand this verse from a, not a different place but from the, the intent of where it was supposed to be communicated. Again, the English language doesn't do a very good job of helping us understand the Word of God, but the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic, man, they help us out. My purpose is not as a pastor, my purpose is not as a construction manager, (laughs) my purpose is not as a coach, my purpose is not to be, you know, connected with CSU. My purpose is in all of those or whatever else I decide to list to be in his presence. To step into his presence because his presence is there 24 7. Are you with me this morning? Amen and amen. Let's uh, bring you guys up here today.